following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. You're listening to the Toonami Faithful Podcast, episode 174, The First Shot's Free. The long-awaited event, Intruder 2, is finally upon us, and so is the equally long-awaited Toonami comic. We share our thoughts on both, and we get interrupted by a little bit of breaking news. The Toonami Faithful Podcast starts now. Hello and welcome to the Toonami Faithful Podcast, episode 174. I am your host, Sketch, and with me, I have... The founder of ToonamiFaithful.com, Pops And... Hey, Samurai, Darrell Maddox. And... Mr. Toonami Faithful Podcast, Jim Nelson. <laughs> Yay, we're all here. Yeah, yep. you know, couldn't quite make it last week, but uh, we're, we're all back this week. Hooray! Yeah, so CJ's a good replacement for Jim, so... Yes, I find CJ to be a very good commentator, so I like to have him on. Yes, but he will never be Jim. With all the stuff that I'm going to be doing this holiday season, you're probably going to be hearing a lot more of CJ. <laughs> no, we're not, because we're going to kidnap Jim. Huh? I'm kidnapping Jim, sorry. <laughs> when you see the black band, Jim, all I can say is you can run, but you'll just be tired once I catch you. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Or like in uh, or like in uh, ghost stories. Imagine a big black man chasing you. Well, at least he's not racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord, my my my! So we got Whoa. a lot to cover in this episode because, as uh, most folks know who are listening to this podcast, the Intruder Two is upon us, and we Woo. got the first episode this week along with the Intruder comic, Tom for Redemption. Intruder 2 or Intruder Woo! <laughs> However you feel. <laughs> I'll just give it a woo. So, I will intro it. Can I, can I intro it, please? Okay, Paul, you can intro yeah. it. Give him a poly snack. Alright. Yes, please, please, poly snack. Um, poly, poly, <laughs> Put that in the blue. That was pretty good, actually. <laughs> that was. I like it. Anyways, all right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody's sleeping tonight. Yep, really need sleep. Must have gone to sleep. Let's get into the Intruder Two Episode One recap. In Intruder Two Episode One. Tom and Sarah are having a conversation, and they are suddenly encountered by a large craft. Then the craft attacks the Absolution, and Tom and Sarah aren't going to take this sitting down, so they fire everything they got at it and uh, hit it pretty hard. Fire everything! (laughs) It manages to fire a disabling virus to the absolution causing sarah to lose control of all the systems and locking them out so in other words for the time being toonami is on autopilot so and this is reflected in the bumpers yes we're a sitting duck yes as captain kirk once said so now tom and sarah have to try to get the systems back up and running and that is where things are left off. 
Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Such a cliffhanger. Oh, it's it's going to be nothing but cliffhangers. <laughs> yes, no. at least until the end. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, uh, definitely off to an exciting start with the absolution shooting the crap out of that thing. Yes. Yes, that arsenal was lovely. I, I think I creamed my pants when I did that. The Absolution's certainly packing, though. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's no wimpy phaser. <laughs> they, no, they, no. they learned their lesson. They, they, they don't have just... These are like uh, phasers, but quantum torpedoes that act like phasers. <laughs> yeah. Star Trek reference. Yay. You That's the only thing the I can think of. first shot's free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now you're asking. We'll that's something we will have to ask uh, Jason uh, next time. Is uh, uh, what, can he speak to the armament aboard the Absolution? What exactly oh. is the Absolution packing? That's a good point. Yes, yes. We, we didn't uh, know yeah. before now that the Absolution was armed. We thought it was a science vessel, more or less a science vessel, no real uh, uh, weapons to speak of. I suppose when you come in contact with enough nasty things, you start. Carrying weapons on your journey to broadcast action cartoons. Exactly. You <laughs> yeah, never know absolutely. who's going to derail the party. Well, I mean, we got. They've obviously learned their lessons from previous Toms. So, A, it's got a lot of weapons. B, it's got a really good shield. Mm -hmm. uh, C, the they cores. The cores of <laughs> dinner time. Um, Tom's core and Sarah's core are both, I guess, protected from viruses in that now. Because mm -hmm. if you remember the joker virus <laughs> yeah the joker virus and also swayzak in yep. uh trapped in hyperspace mm -hmm. so they don't want any more viruses affecting sarah in particular right and also tom but Sarah's unfortunately a, sarah has proven to be about as secure as windows me <laughs> oh man that is... Dana might not like you right now <laughs> <laughs> Well, in well, the I'm... past, now she, now you know she's like a she's about as secure as Linux, which is pretty damn secure. <laughs> well, I would say Sarah was probably more prone to virus than Adele. Oh, and, you know. oh. <laughs> okay. Well, we also got the Intruder comic that night. Uh, right at midnight is when they put it up, and uh, I seriously question that choice because why would you put the comic up right when Toonami starts? When people would be focusing on watching Toonami. Very true. But, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's been up. It's going to stay up, so plenty of time to check it out. Right. And, and yeah, that comic is a little side story with Tom Ford, D, and Flash. They're marooned on a planet uh, trying to get back home, wherever home is. And uh, Tom decides to put some uh, parts into Flash and D in order to improve their processing and such. And it finds out that uh, some of those have been infected by a virus that is, in fact, the intruder. He identifies it as the intruder. And the intruder uh, is on computer screens and tells Tom that he is going to be there in 36 hours. And for Flash, who has been taken over by the intruder... He wants Flash to do in Tom or at least beat him up pretty bad before he gets there. Mm -hmm. The intruder finally arrives and Tom gets strung up 
while D is kind of wandering around with a totally messed up processor saying uh, a lot of old sayings <laughs> from the looks of it. Just a lot of uh, sayings and just a few random things. But he seems to have uh, activated his virus protection software one way or another and manages to save the day. Go D. I've always liked D. And they get Flash out of the control of the intruder. And the intruder eventually does show up and takes on some kind of robot body and is about to destroy Tom before he's stopped. And then Flash blows up the intruder. But it looks like a little bit of remnant might be remaining. And... I'm very much questioning how the intruder even works because it's shown Ooh. to be at least somewhat still a blob. Ooh, but, I got a theory. But it's also something that can take over electronics. It's the thing. Can I, can I, can I, can I tell my theory? Yeah, yeah, go. Yes, Paul, Please. you can tell your theory. <laughs> I've been waiting for this for a while since I, I came up with it. So, Sketch, you had said that one of the, one of your theories was that Tom one was going to come back and we and you know Tom five and Tom one were going to square off and fight each other. I have now a, a different angle on this. I think that the intruder wasn't an intelligent, wasn't as intelligent as it is in the comic book until it engulfed Tom one, because we never got to see really what happened after it took you know. It killed Tom One. We saw it take over that one engine, but we never really saw it like do anything more. We didn't see any more intelligence out of it. Yes. So my thought process is, okay, well, the intruder took over Tom, used that as a means of making itself more intelligent, and that's what we see now. And it's probably absorbed other intelligence out there, obviously, because, you know, we see him in some kind of mechanized suit. So I assume... He's, and I'm talking about the comic, obviously. Um, we assume that he's some kind of, you know, he has a very good intelligence. Plus, now he's a virus as well. So, I think the intruder set this ship up as a trap for Tom. Because, as he says in the comic, and please tell me if I'm wrong, because I, I, I believe I read this right. He You're said right. that he set up several traps for Tom. Yes, he and, did and say I, that he set up several Several traps for Tom. So, this is probably one of those traps, and if it is, or this could maybe be his where he lives, the intruder lives, maybe? I don't know. Um, no, this he said that it's one of his traps that he inhabited that area. I mean, he had to come there. Well, no, 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 I mean, what we saw in Intruder 2. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah we don't know if that's... If that, we don't know if that's a trap or if that's his actual base. Mm-hmm. Either way, you know, we can we could probably assume that a the intruder virus is has disabled the absolution. Obviously, it hasn't reached Sarah yet to take her over if that's what's going to happen. Um, and number two, we can assume that somehow this intruder is going to show up. And if the comics if the comics giving him a voice, we're going to hear the intruder to possibly speak. That hmm. now, what's going to be interesting to know to to find out is if 
The Intruder 2 uses a different voice actor than Steve Bloom or, you know, anybody else. So it's going to be interesting to see if maybe we hear somebody from the past or hmm. maybe we, we uh, you know, maybe it is Steve Bloom's voice just in a deeper tone. We don't know. Yeah, but, who, who knows? I did notice that Sonny Strait tweeted out uh, about the intruder and said, hey, I fought an intruder. Good luck. Bloom's view. <laughs> yep. And so, linked to the original Intruder video. Probably not the best upload of it. <laughs> I'm uh, still going. I'm still going for the theory that they may end up having to blow up the Absolution to kill the Intruder. But uh, it's cer- certainly possible. That thing is resilient. Right. I mean, obviously, we just we just saw Flash try to blow him up, and some of it still remains. And we know that the last time that they blew out part of the absolution to get rid of it. At least a little bit of it was floating through space. Right. So who really knows how resilient this thing is, but, uh, some old, old tsunami files from the old tsunami.com back in the cartoon network days were recently unearthed on. Oh man, this, <laughs> this is a really old website. Um, like the the address is like uh geosexia.users4.50megs.com oh wow yeah seriously uh, oh, i have i God. i think tyler may have this archive somewhere on tda but there's these old files that are allegedly from sarah that describe tom and sarah tom 1 and tom 2 the weapons and such but it also has information on the intruder and it shows that there are multiple uh, instances where this blob form ended up uh, destroying various space stations and um, all kinds of places so it's it's been around for right. um, many many years even in the lore of Toonami so uh, who knows but I do get the impression that when it absorbed Tom that it gains some intelligence. I, I have to agree with you on that, Paul. And it probably has absorbed more intelligence since then because, you know, the thing about intelligence is once you abs- once you get some, you're going to look for more. Exactly. That's that's the constant craving with, with pretty much anything that involves sapping intelligence from other life forms. The hunger. Well, I, I think that that makes sense. Like, that's kind of the connection to yes. the first intruder because... You know, why would this life form be purposely targeting Tom? Because it wants its intelligence. It wants to not only kill him, but gain his intelligence. So It's uh, a lot like the Borg when you think about it, continuing mm. with the Star Trek tangent I've been on. <laughs> but I also look at it as a lot kind of like, uh, That's what I see in Spider-Man. How the mm, Venom yes. symbiote that bonded with Peter Parker... And I guess this is Spider-Man spoilers for some, but not really. <laughs> so I'm the Venom symbiote the that purpose. bonded with Peter Parker, it eventually uh, bonds with Eddie Brock and various others, but it's always wanted to get back to Peter Parker. At least it did for a very, very long time, because once you get a taste, you don't, you don't want to give that up. So, so they could very well be trying to get Tom for that purposes, but I kind of wonder if it's also a bit of a vendetta because Tom stopped it from absorbing the rest of the absolution. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also wonder if 
there is another vendetta here, and this is also similar to the uh, symbiote and Spider-Man in that the symbiote kind of brings out the worst or like no inhibitions for anybody who has the symbiote. They just kind of turns off inhibitions and actually kind of makes them act a bit like Migi. <laughs> where it on the hatred. Yeah, no, number one is all that matters. And I really think that there may be some latent issue involving if, if Tom one was absorbed into there and his intelligence was absorbed in there. And then he saw that Tom two exists and f- other Toms exist. He wants to get rid of all the other Toms because he's jealous <laughs> to, fuck, to put it the, simply. This is not the one with Jet Li, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're saying that because Tom one might still be in there somewhere. He might. Yeah. He, okay. uh, he doesn't want other Toms to exist. Hmm. I mean, it's interesting, and you know that's going to be again if we if we hear Sonny Strait as the intruder, if the intruder does have a voice, which I would assume if you put it in the comic as him talking, you would probably yeah, put you it would think there. that it would probably have a voice at some point. Yeah, so hmm. hopefully we do hear the intruder because that would make sense with the comic you just put out. But I mean, if it does have Sonny Strait's voice, then you're just like, okay, so. Tom one's there, <laughs> you know, so I somehow mean, some way. Yeah. yeah. So this, this is going to be interesting to see. Like, I, I still go with the idea that, you know, maybe, maybe that other ship or station or whatever it is over there might become the new kind of absolution or base. Could be, but you know, I, I again, we have to next episode is where apparently if you've seen the preview, which, by the way, you can go to Tsunami Faithful. You can go to youtube.com slash Tsunami Faithful channel to see every single episode when it comes out. It's currently up there right now. Um, but the preview at the end shows that small ship coming out of it and ramming the absolution. So and there is a life form on that ship. We will see. I'm, I'm guessing, to be honest with you, that obviously the intruder is going to try to come over there and kill Tom. But... We're going to have to see what happens because I, I think – I do think there's something that's going to happen with Sarah. I don't think we're going to see her die, but I do think that we may see something. Could so. be. Could mm-hmm. be. We have a handful of Toonami Talkbacks. So Austin Guest that. writes in, Remember, kids, if the black monolith from 2001 Space Odyssey is adrift in space, fire all the things! <laughs> that just ain't going to work. <laughs> Well, it seemed to kind just of give work. me that. Just give me that Star Trek fire everything. <laughs> <laughs> Tom was uh, acting a lot like James Kirk. <laughs> yeah. It kind of was. Shoot first. Don't worry Ask about the questions, questions later. <laughs> well, again, this is Tom Five, so you know, intelligence here, people. Uh, he's he's learning. Yep. <laughs> you would think that he would learn by now. He doesn't like un. <laughs> he he doesn't like uh, guests that don't call first. <laughs> Those are the worst. Mike Jin X89 says, The monolith ship thing is giving me some Borg cube vibes. Resistance is futile. Yeah, resistance yeah. is futile. It's futile. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Phantom Star 64 says, Wait, virus? Does that mean he's back? Who knows? I wouldn't count on it being Swayzak, but hey, who knows? Maybe Swayzak got absorbed by the 
by the intruder at Probably, some point. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Wouldn't that be an interesting twist? Yes. Hmm. What a twist! And Rob Barracuda writes in, Why does Tom sound like this is the first time he's ever heard that riddle in his life? I, I suppose maybe he he hadn't heard it before. I was reckon. Riddle me this and riddle me that. It was just a total non sequitur. <laughs> kind of like at the beginning of The Intruder, he's just having a conversation with Sarah about customer service with somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, well, this, this is a non sequitur. Fine, whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they got to be you know, going about their regular business, I guess. So I, I hope uh, anybody who, who saw The Intruder can crack that uh, riddle. It's, it's not too hard if you think about it. And Frank Full Metal writes in, Intruder 2 is off to a great start. I can't wait to see more. I like how the bumps reflected the state of the absolution. Indeed. A lot of people said that, actually, not mine. I do, too. Also, the disclaimer card does it, too, which is pretty cool. Like, that's yeah, a way that's cooler true. disclaimer card. It's like, and, whoa, and, man. <laughs> and going back to the, um, <laughs> right after April Fool's, where the when Toonami first came back where like it went to that black screen and it has Adult Swim in red. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arthur Mesa had similar thoughts. Great start for Intruder 2. I like the bumps with the red alert on the screen. I think the Intruder is on the small ship. I would think so. Yeah, probably. <laughs> by the way, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about red alert coming up a little bit later on the podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> And our new writer, CJ, writes in, I'll be interested to see if the first episode of The Intruder affects Toonami's viewing numbers and ratings as a whole. Now, if you may recall from our interview with Jason DeMarco not too long ago, they're actually not expecting this to really increase the ratings by any significant margin. But if it does, they they would be very happy. Yeah, by the way, um, (laughs) if I could say something real quick about that. Don't post if you guys are gonna post Intruder Two up. Some of you on YouTube, please wait at least until the West Coast is played through because that's just kind of rude. <laughs> I mean, let them have their chance to watch it on TV before you know it gets posted. That's what we're gonna do from now on. So, or that's what we actually we did this week. So, that's what we're gonna continue to do. So, if you guys could just do that and wait, people will view your video. Don't worry, you know. It's Intruder, obviously. Sorry, I had to put that out there. Fair enough. And another from Frank Full Metal, this regarding the comic. The Tom 4 comic was very good. It was cool to see Flash and D again. It nicely tied into Tom 4's transmission to Tom 3.5. However, it has been asked uh, if that transmission was directly referenced there, because at the end of that comic, he does say he needs to get a hold of the other Tom, but... Uh, apparently, according to Jason DeMarco's ask, that is not related to the transmission that he had with Tom 3.5. It's That would have mm. happened sometime before that. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. And we have an email from Daoud Fakurian. And uh, thanks for putting uh, how to pronounce your name. I think I I think I did it right. That, that, that makes it very easy for us. Thank yes, it's, it's appreciated. 
Hey guys, don't know if you're talking about the Intruder comic this week, or maybe you already did since I'm currently listening to episodes from September, but I thought I'd let you know that the one panel with the Arabic-like speech, although horribly written backwards, I might mention, actually says penis face, and not anything like the translation of wiener time that we were given. <laughs> also, it was pretty awesome that we got to hear Tom swear in Intruder 2 this week. <laughs> yes, Tom took pages out of my book and decided to speak his mind. <laughs> By the way, let me take a quick second for those of you that listen from Toonami Asia. Um, I don't think it's too violent yet, but there again, if your kids are watching and they're in the 9, 10, or younger range, you may not want to let them watch this. <laughs> hmm. I mean, it's certainly nothing compared to a comic kill and parasite oh. in content. But very true, very true. I it 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 might reach the violence levels of say oh, one piece. Oh, I, I expect it. I expect it to hit some high violence levels. That would be nice. <laughs> so, oh gosh, I just heard the Foxy Pirates are coming back for another storyline in the One Piece anime. Yay! Oh, they're gonna be even more pathetic now. <laughs> I'm sure. I hate the Foxy Pirates. They yeah, they are annoying and they occasionally pop up. Yeah, no, Porsche does have big boobs. <laughs> that that's gonna be the only real change. Now Porsche is gonna be even more of a stick. Because <laughs> 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 that is the direction that One Piece art went. <laughs> well, there wasn't not a lot of boobs in a comic got killed this week so that's not a good transition but <laughs> i think we can move on to the comic got killed recap comic got killed episode 12 kill the newcomers all right, people, and this is episode after the death of Dr. Stylish, Night Ray ventures into this new territory where there are a lot of um, danger beasts and they set up their new hideout there because since there's so many danger beasts out there, nobody's stupid enough to really want out there unless they're just totally badass. At this point, Nagenda introduces Sunsuno. He's the multi person purpose humanoid Butler Imperial Arm, and of course, Chelsea, who's the girl was from the previous episode. After the introduction, you know, Chelsea makes fun of mine and her bread side and berates Night Raid for their incompetence, which she alleges that, you know, led to the death of Shield and Blot. You know, this kind of pissed, you know, mine off. You know, she got real mad and she wanted to teach Chelsea a lesson and recruits Lubbock and Tatsumi to teach her this lesson. And of course, Lubbock got kind of perverted in the first place. He wanted to see a naked Chelsea, didn't we all? And Tatsumi actually uses Incursio to sneak into the hot spring where Chelsea is, and she's bathing. However, when Tatsumi, you know, confronts her, he actually sees Susano, but Susano is actually Chelsea using her Imperial arm known as Gaia Foundation, and it changes her physical appearance. And Chelsea explains that, you know, the story about her uh, former team being killed in combat and where she was the sole survivor, and she reveals that fact that she berated Night Raid because she didn't want anybody to die. Thank you for death flags now. Because her former team just got wiped out. And then we go back to Ezdel. And she's pretty much depressed because she learns the loss of Dr. Stylish. 
And she starts to comfort Sirio, who is depressed and sad about him dying. And, of course, she beats Wave to the punch because Wave was about to you know, <laughs> step in and do that. <laughs> do the shivers thing, Captain Sabaho yeah. technique. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the Capitol, Rune tells Esdev there are many lookalikes like Tatsumi for her to court, but Esdev, or Esboos as I love to call her, she declares that Tatsumi is her only one. And after mining mysterious caves, some danger beasts decide to um, devour these human miners. You know, they look kind of like some rock people that's sludgy and all shit to me. But after that, that entire scene is just pretty much being watched by some hooded man. And that's pretty much the coming got kill um, recap this week. I like Chelsea. Yes, I love Chelsea, man. She's fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. The oh, fact that she cracked on mine with the cat. Oh yeah, uh, so good. And yeah, she, but, you know, she totally got uh, taught to me too. Yeah, but I was just tripping out about Susano, man. He's just a multi-purpose humanoid butler and everything. Yep. I mean, he slices, he dices, he slashes, and he also does windows and laundry. Yeah, does it get better than that? He's also very much a neat freak, so he'll do things like fix shirts and remove rice from your face. <laughs> Yes, he has OCD, people. OCD. <laughs> Just what you want in an Imperial Arm. OCD Imperial Arm. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that could probably cause problems. <laughs> but well, not, not, not so combat. far. I mean, he seems to be really, really quite apt at dealing with uh, his OCD issue and then getting back to business real quick. So, I guess it'll be fine. But, uh I you know, I got a little mad at, at Chelsea at first when she said it was uh, incompetence that got Bulat and Shell killed. I was like, they were not incompetent. They sacrificed themselves to protect their comrades. But, you know, of course, they quickly turned that on its head and show that she's actually very concerned because of all the people that she knows who died. Yeah, she gave everybody a death flag just for that. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> boy, she sure is fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I looked at it. She was cracking on mine's boob, but I wanted to say, dude, your boobs are not that big either. Yeah, until you get until you level up like Leone or sh- the way shells were or Ed's boobs, you cannot talk. Mm. Oh, we got some good Leone fighting danger beasts in this one. Oh yeah. Yes, that was a that's a mighty fine. Nothing like killing danger beasts. <laughs> Our favorite furry just does it all the time. I think I wasn't fully paying attention. Did Susano like build a house? Yes, he did. <laughs> and it only took him like mere great. moments, man. It's pretty great. He's a very. I think I call him a multi-purpose um, humanoid <laughs> butler imperial arm. Very very useful and yeah, fun. He makes fun one stuff hell of a martini. Around, really. I'm sure he's got some mixology skill in there somewhere. I would think. I hope he can keep up with my drinking. (laughs) (laughs) No one can keep up with your drinking. Shut up, Paul. Uh, All I gotta say about the obvious implication that Seriu had a thing for Dr. Stylish, I do not ship this. (laughs) Do not want. Seriously, no, I'm not Sarah, you, you fall it. for the worst people. 
That's just what she is, man. She's attracted to those type of people. Yeah, she she does seem to be attracted to those type of people. Trying to find that uh, father figure since her family's dead. that's all it is man she's looking to fill the void and for some reason the people who are horrible as hell tend to be the ones that she gravitates to the most Mm -hmm. but i will give ez boobs props for actually comforting um syria you know Mm -hmm. ez def is a psychopath but she does care about her comrades that's true (laughs) oh poor wave (laughs) oh that country bumpkin i honestly gotta wonder why uh what? Why was Kurume actually with Wave at that scene? Because it doesn't seem like they would necessarily hang out if they were not absolutely having to do so. Obviously, the track, my friend. I oh oh okay, <laughs> sure, why not? But man, Wave, <laughs> Wave. I mean, your heart's in the right place, man. But <laughs> uh. It's sad. He's a masochist, man. <laughs> I guess. I mean, he's a glutton for punishment. Think about it. Very much so. Every attempt <laughs> has not ended well for Wave. So that was your uh, cool down episode of A Comic Good Kill introducing new characters that are pretty fun. Gotta say, pre- pretty fun characters here. And uh, here are the Toonami Talkbacks. Michael Morse writes in, Chelsea definitely fits right in with Night Raid, plus she's a troll. <laughs> yep. And we know about trolls. Daoud writes in, Chelsea did something tonight that a lot of us have wanted to do for a long time. Pet Akame. Yes, we have. Oh, Akame, your hair is so nice. <laughs> and she won Akame over with sweets. Yeah, apparently uh, she has that in common with her sister. <laughs> Akami just likes to eat, man. Yeah, Akami just likes food. Yeah. High calorie food. <laughs> Lots of Niku. Mmm. Yes. Allison writes in, well, Tatsumi, I think Chelsea was going to cut off her penis, but it could also be your balls, too. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I love you, Allison. Ooh, I love you so much. It She's going to pull a rain about it. I, I kind of feel like it was a, a really bad line delivery, but at the same time, I really had to laugh at... I'll cut it off. Cut, cut it off? Cut what off? And I replied to that tweet, she's going to cut your dick off, dude. Mm. My hair is so off. good. Well, no, that's just a good point of um getting stronger so he can wear a cursio longer to protect the boys. Yes. But she did give him valuable advice about hiding his aura. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta hide that killer intent, dude, because trust me, you can smell it on somebody who's bloodthirsty. Mm. Even I can. That's right. Benjamin Pajon writes in, Okay, new girl is the best, so it's really gonna suck if when she dies. yeah but don't you know she's a survivor she'll be the last one standing (laughs) Mm. uh considering she can transform into anything and anyone i get the feeling she is going to eventually turn into tatsumi to like throw off people who are looking for tatsumi because obviously as death is not going to rest until she finds tatsumi 
So that could definitely come into play, I think. CJ writes in, Oh yay, two new characters to get emotionally attached to, only to wait and see if they get killed. No one is safe, are they? No one no, is safe. No, CJ, CJ, they're not. Don't get attached. Don't get attached. Exactly. Ah, Lord Terminal, always the Debbie Downer, at least for this show. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't mind the mood whiplash if the comedy scenes he created were actually funny. I disagree. At least lately, I feel like the comedy in A Comic Go Kill has been pretty good. I like the comedy. Besides, when she said she was going to cut Tosman's dick off, dude, that's funny. It's funny. I mean, seriously, there is nothing more funny in the anime when a chick says she'll cut it off. Yeah, seriously. Castration is the highest form of humor. Hey! Exactly. <laughs> the thought just occurred to me that castration was maybe a little bit of a theme on Toonami that night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. I mean, with a flicker of wrist, she would have changed Tatsumi's religion and gender. <laughs> Potentially. But um. But um, but um. Yes, so. Uh... Durrell strikes again. I don't know. Yes, early on, I I also felt that Akamigo Kills' mood whiplash was pretty bad, but I feel like they've settled into a point where it's a lot more organic feeling when it gets silly, and that's that's fine. I mean, you know, it's normal for normal people to have more than one side to themselves. They're not serious all the time. So no. stuff like mine trying to scheme to, uh, you know, get at Chelsea because she didn't like her, that makes perfect sense with her character. I know, typical cat fight. Yeah. All right. Well, that seems to be it for the talkback, right? Yep. So that'll do it for this week's Comic Kill recap, and that means it's time to get on to the news. From Facebook, Twitter, and the official Toonami Tumblr, this is Toonami News, powered by ToonamiFaithful.com. Kicking off with the ratings for the news this week, we have the ratings for the Akamiga Kill Marathon that took place on Halloween night. And it was a long Halloween. Long, long Halloween. I was just double-checking to see if we indeed have all of the... Uh, hmm. No, we don't have all the time slots for this. So, eh. Oh, well. If you remember, that extra hour doesn't get counted, so... I don't know why, but... It, it actually it does. It's just kind of weird how it does. Ugh. It's a strange. It's strange like that. I don't know. Yeah. Let's let's not think about it too too much. It'll make our heads explode. Yeah. And the only heads I want. The only heads I want expo- exploding are the ones I shoot in Fallout Four. Yep. Jim is about to leave his social life alone for a while. <laughs> there was a bump on uh, Adult Swim on Sunday. <laughs> it said, it, it was essentially saying, well. uh Goodbye, everyone that's going to be in their hideaway hole for uh, Fallout and Call of Duty <laughs> until <laughs> Groundhog's Day. 
<laughs> well, hey, wouldn't you want to uh, hibernate for the winter with a good game? Sure. Why not? <laughs> I think you get more out of Fallout 4 than you would Call of Duty, but that's just me. Yeah, that's I'd rather hibernate with a lot of booze. And right, you're all, and you're all conven- they're all conveniently forgetting Star Wars Battlefront next week. Oh, <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Let's, uh, let's get into the ratings, though. So, for the Akamega uh, Kill Marathon, the uh, 12 a.m. airing, the 1849 ratings were 447,000. 1230, 368,000, 1am, 314,000, 132,000, 2am, 248,000, 230, slight uptick for 304,000, and 3am, 258,000. Oh, I think I can guess what that slight uptick would be for. If that was indeed the second to last episode of the marathon, that would have been Kill the Temptation. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it also may have risen in the sort of imaginary extra <laughs> 1 a.m. hour. <laughs> and the total viewer ratings 1,118,000 for the 12 a.m. airing, 869,000 for 12:30. 773,000 for 1 a.m. For 130,600, 6,500,000, 2 a.m., 637,000, 2,357,000, and 3 a.m., 556,000. Oh. Not the best a marathon has done. Well, 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 I hate to interrupt, but I just got an email from Toonami Asia. Oh, hmm. did you? And this is breaking news. That I will just be po- well, I will be posting here in a minute. Um, it looks like Toonami Asia has Dragon Ball Z Super. <gasps> Toonami Asia has Dragon Ball Super. It says oh, Toonami oh, snaps up Dragon Ball Super in Asia. Oh, 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 oh what? Oh, oh, oh. Excuse me one second. <laughs> excuse. Breaking ex- news. Excuse the jealousy. <laughs> Breaking news, and I need to put this up. Like yeah. yesterday. <laughs> yes, I am. I think it is yesterday. Phone, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, as of this podcast, which you probably won't hear till Saturday, um, which this is probably Saturday when you're hearing this, Dragon Ball Z Super is on Toonami Asia. And I think Jason DeMarco will be very pissed. <laughs> um, that's interesting because unless there's like a dub being made for Asia somebody's dubbing that in a English. Malaysian dub oh. oh Malaysian dub of Dragon Ball Super oh boy Dude, no that dub. kind of heavily implies that Funimation might not be saying something yet <laughs> maybe they can't say anything uh, that is also very likely but that is hmm that's that's, that's pretty big news hmm you ever heard of Malaysian DBZ? Trust me, you understand why the engineer made those noises. <laughs> so, uh, just continue on with the uh, podcast. I'm going to be writing a press release. Excuse me. Mm. <laughs> uh, you get right? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, God. Wait, wait for. Uh, guess what's going to happen to the website? <laughs> it's going to go boom. Crash. It's going to crash. I'm going to tease it a little bit on my Twitter. <laughs> 
There we go. <sighs> Let's move you know, on to what? the trending. Cereal. <laughs> See, we got news. There you go. We didn't have any news, then we have news. Shocker. <laughs> and we had breaking news. We'll definitely have to talk yep. about that in greater detail at some point. Yep. Yes. Yep. I just. Oh, looks like story. we're gonna have to get our friends at uh... Tsunami Asia. <laughs> call up Tsunami Asia. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk to Glenn. I just tweeted it. I just tweeted this out. You know it's Fallout Day because something else is gonna get nuked. Hashtag Tsunami Faithful. Hashtag Breaking News. Hmm. <laughs> Quite the tease. It's it's cryptic. I think it's just cryptic enough. Possibly. Moving on to the trending rundown, the United States trends. And there were many. Good job, Intruder Two. Yeah, Intruder Two, you did a good job. Including uh, something else, their sketch that we were talking about earlier. Yes. Toonami trended best at uh, number five. Hashtag Intruder Two was number one. <laughs> Red Alert trended at best number seven. Go figure. <laughs> hashtag DBZ Kai, hashtag Akami Kill, hashtag Parasites, hashtag Michiko and Hachin, hashtag Ship It In, hashtag One Piece, and hashtag Kill a Kill all trended in the US. So yeah, Red Alert trended. So you just never know what's going to trend. <laughs> <laughs> Kept seeing those red Lots alert images on all the bumpers. Uh, I don't know if everybody noticed, but there was no now, next, later on any of those shows. So you got more show-specific bumpers, which is neat. And uh, I like that they had a bit of a theme to them. Certainly the Michiko and Hachin one actually mentioned, We have an intruder! Which is <laughs> pretty great. So good job, everybody. Uh, we definitely trended what we needed to, and um, I'm very happy to see that happen. And Darrell won't kill you. <laughs> Jeez, Darrell. Darrell, you will not kill people, okay? Jesus Christ. Shut up. I do what I want to do. Stop trying to kill the listeners. Okay. We won't, Can I get we won't have any left. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't. It's okay. I'll clone more. Uh, I I I think uh, Rick would tell you that that is not a good idea. <laughs> okay. By the way, folks, uh, there's nothing in this press release. It doesn't say anything about who's dubbing it, so I don't know anything about that yet. Mm. So get off our backs. <laughs> Moving on to everything else that aired on Toonami this week, uh, we actually did get a music video. During Naruto Shippuden. It's one of, not something that Toonami made, but uh, something that Adult Swim had access to. Another one of those trippy music videos. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I like it. You know, it adds a little something. Add a little bit of flavor to it. Mm-hmm. And the talkbacks for the other programming on Toonami this week. Rob Barracuda writes in regarding Dragon Ball Z Kai. It took Frieza half an episode to notice the spirit bomb? Dude, spotting blue balls should not take this long. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, I recognize blue balls instantly. Yep. It's it's not like Goku can just stand there and hope that Frieza lets him charge up his super attack. This isn't Bleach. You hater. Or Naruto. <laughs> Human resources. They can go all around. <laughs> I'm 
sorry. Though, me, gran- like, granted, yeah. there is certainly a whole lot of standing around in Dragon Ball Z. Also, way, way even more if we weren't watching Kai, which, as a reminder, we probably would only be part way through Namek right now. I think maybe they There's just would have gotten the Namek it. very recently. <laughs> and uh, I am not down with that pacing once a week. <laughs> no, thank you. I like Kai better. Not to mention Kai has a much better dub. And I stand by that. Josh Knighton writes in, Bless Hana's heart, she dances just like a white girl. She sure does. No rhythm whatsoever. (laughs) At the underscore bodyguard, regarding Naruto Shippuden, Shikamaru placed judgment on Hidan, and now Shippuden will place judgment on us. Filler hell until next spring. (laughs) Yes. May you be in the lowest pits of Hades for this. Yay, six months of filler. <laughs> kill me now. <laughs> no, don't don't kill me over that. That would be stupid. Too late. <laughs> Sorry. Open the door. Sorry to keep throwing information in here about Dragon Ball Super, but it says it will be an exclusive first run premiere on Toonami in Southwest Asia, Southeast Asia and India. Which will also be its English language world premiere. So there's there's your confirmation that they get the English dub, but an English dub from who? Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna that is very dig into some information. And we have some talkbacks for One Piece because Frankie yeah. joined the crew in an episode. Well, uh, he had a lot of convincing. <laughs> we'll put it that way. So, uh, Inuyasha-san, 87, writes in, Frankie got the worst hand job ever. He should have went to Sun Lee. <laughs> and Dowd, another one, uh, he says, If we ever needed confirmation that Chopper is in fact a dude, we got it tonight. He felt Frankie's pain as only another guy can. Oh, True. Yeah. When you get kicked in a charblad, so you get your charblad squeeze, that's not a, that's not a good feeling. <laughs> nice Megas reference. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Speaking of Megas references, <laughs> I swear that this one mech in Comet Lucifer—that's it's—it's uh, it's like a mech for um, one of the good guys, so to speak. He's kind of a scumbag, but he's also—he's probably a thief with a heart of gold type character. But he's—he's kind of—he's kind of a ladies' man, and it's annoying. Because he keeps trying to oh, yeah. push around uh, essentially oh. one of the heroines. But he has some uh, neat cars and robots. and Yeah, Roland's pretty cool. Yeah, Roland, that's his name, yeah. He has a giant robot that looks like a, it took a bit of inspiration from Megas. It's got, like, blue parts with red flames on it. And I kind of look like a combination between Megas and D. Or was it Megas and Flash? Yeah. I guess the job done, as I've seen in the most recent episode, it actually is not that bad at fighting. So, No, it's yeah. not. I mean, it dropped the gun and then pulled out the, the sword. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, yeah, it looked like it was designed by somebody in a Jersey junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> at least the paint job. Yeah. And that will do it for our Toonami Talkbacks for uh, miscellaneous things. And yeah, Frankie joined the crew. 
Uh, that's not a spoiler anymore. <laughs> but really, how that's many people who are listening to this haven't already either figured that out or already knew because of other One Piece things? But, yeah. It's still fun to see. And there's always room for more flashbacks, right? Mm-hmm. And it's time to discuss the latest episode of Parasites. You got to know, know, Lisa, we Parasite, episode 5, The Stranger. As we open up this episode of Parasite, there is a parasite out on the countryside that ends up in a car crash and has to change its host body from a woman to a man because they weren't wearing a seatbelt and apparently that would have been a really good idea. (laughs) The next day on his way to school, Shinichi talks to Migi about Tamiya's observation that Shinichi and Migi have become conjoined. And Migi suggests that Shinichi might be undergoing some psychological changes, which Shinichi is really upset by, and uh, he's he just can't seem to cope with the that whole concept, which, I mean, who would? That sounds pretty awful that you're mentally changing because of that. He runs into some delinquents that are beating up his classmate Nagai, or maybe it's Nakai. I you know I can't base that off of what I heard. Uh, this spurred by his desire to prove that he's still human and not some kind of monster, he intervenes but gets beat up because of it. Until uh, Kana, the girl who's with the group, asks the leader Mitsuo to leave him alone. She tells Shinichi to mind his own business, but is startled when she gets a good look at him and uh, kind of wonders what kind of creature he is. After school, Shinichi and Murano bump into Kana, who says that she can tell that Shinichi is up to something. And Mitsuo overhears this conversation, which spurs him to have his posse grab Murano and force Shinichi into another confrontation. Migi advises Shinichi that fighting against someone stronger than he is is really stupid, and animals have the instinct not to do that and can tell when somebody's stronger than them. But Shinichi states that sometimes a human being can't back down from a fight. Nagai and a bunch of Shinichi's classmates show up to rescue him from this situation, and a big fight breaks out between the two gangs. Kana slips away quietly amidst all of that, and we flash over to the parasite from earlier who proves incapable of acclimating to a male host and, well, they piss themselves. It decides to, uh, it needs to find a female host or it's going to die. Murano walks Shinichi home after the fights and she notices that his right hand doesn't have a scratch on it despite the rest of him being pretty well banged up. And Shinichi asks her if, if she thinks that he's normal and she replies that he's not normal at all for risking a fight that he couldn't win. He's kind of cool. And he asks her if she wants to stay over because his parents aren't at home and won't be home. But she declines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Migi's uh, pretty disappointed that he won't get to see humans mate. 
And that conversation <laughs> is interrupted by Kana, who appears at Shinichi's front door. And uh, she's apparently there to apologize and asks for a truce, extending her right hand. When they shake hands, she holds onto his hand for a moment, sensing something strange about it. And this spooks Shinichi, so he runs inside the house, where Migi advises him to stay away from Kana because she can sense wavelengths that only parasites should be able to sense. Migi also notes that Murano is actually very perceptive, but this Kana girl is on a whole different level. We catch up with Shinichi's parents on their outing in the countryside, and wouldn't you know it, they bump into that very parasite that we've been seeing earlier in the episode, who was looking for a female host, and I think you can put two and two together there. So they are assaulted, and Shinichi receives a phone call from his father about the monster that attacked him, who killed his wife. And this, of course, freaks Shinichi the hell out. And the next morning, after Shinichi has not gotten any sleep, waiting for a phone call from his father to uh, call back, because he, you know, he just kind of cuts off. He doesn't give him enough information to go off of. That morning, Migi senses another parasite closing in, and Shinichi is furious that he didn't tell his parents the truth, so he grabs a knife in preparation... Someone unlocks the front door, and it turns out to be a parasite that has overtaken his mother's body. But Shinichi is in complete denial about this, and prevents Migi from attacking what used to be his mother. The parasite realizes that Migi was not able to take Shinichi's head, so it stabs Shinichi through the chest. End scene. And we got another cliffhanger. Yeah, we did. But this episode was very, very interesting, though. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I think the most interesting part is, is, is he still alive? Oh. No, no, it's with the parasites in general, you know. You know, I'm, I got to pull from my pre-med days, you know, from that repertoire. And from what I'm seeing with some of the parasites, is like when they bond with a particular gender, it seems at this point that they can't... Um, if they try to bond with a male or something, then that means it's not going to work. They're incompatible at this point. So I'm thinking maybe hormone and DNA, probably the levels of estrogen or testosterone, tending to reject them because at this point, you know, I'm pretty sure the parasite doesn't have a gender until it actually enters a body. So I'm guessing like female pairing with female, male pairing with a male. So in order for it to survive, it actually has to get into a male or female body. But then you look at certain types of variables. I'm like, so what if it actually dealt with a male that was actually taking estrogen or a female that was um shooting up testosterone? Would this result still be the same? So probably not. But I doubt that that's ever it probably, explored. It's not explored, but it's just a theory, though. You know, it's just something to play on for a second because that was pretty interesting to me from a biology standpoint. Oh, I agree. Uh, it's uh. It was pretty interesting to see the parasites have those limitations once they have acclimated to a certain type of body. I guess that would that would exactly. certainly imply that, say, if that dog parasite tried to yeah remove itself from the yeah, dog, the it wouldn't be so. able to bond with a human. It wouldn't. It would only be able exactly to bond with so. another dog, and it would probably have to be pretty specific, even. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. Like. Unlike a human, they can't adjust and adapt, you know, in the same, you know, same sense. So 
like you said with the dog, which I was meaning to mention also, that's that's just what made it so interesting to me this time on this week's episode. And so it's kind of bad because if she could have, that parasite could have bonded with that uh, man, Shinichi's mother still would have been alive. I feel bad for him because it's like his life is going to shit. Had, <laughs> yeah, he has like he has like the best parents in the whole world, and now that just all got. I mean, I don't know if his father's dead, but I'm assuming that he's close to that point, if not already. So, like, <sighs> I mean, this kid, this kid wasn't like doing anything bad. Like, he wasn't like trying to. He even was kind of. I think. Influ- influencing Migi a lot so it, it seemed like he was kind of like putting him in the right direction but now it's like you know now well first of all you know I have a question can Migi heal the body at all that is a good question because I mean obviously he's good if he can protect the host he should be able to heal the host as well so well, you got to look at the fact that Migi actually detached himself from Shinichi, and Migi did mention um, in a previous episode that his time limit being separated from um, Shinichi was a total of three minutes. And then at the time, you know, he lost his arm. So I'm pretty sure there is some kind of healing factor there that'll allow for that. Yeah, he should be able to repair tissue in some in, in some capacity. But, I mean, uh, <laughs> who knows, man? Yeah, it's not looking too good for Shinichi, but, I mean, there's 24 episodes of this show. I'm pretty sure something's... We're going to get something, something out of The story does not end here. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It only gets more interesting from this point, people. Yes, it really does. Because you've already gotten... T- uh, hints that there's something changing about Shinichi. His, yes. his brain chemistry is changing. His uh, his personality may be affected by his contact with me. And I, that's a pretty terrifying thought. But at the same time, uh, you can only wonder what will become of the character. Assuming he survives his most recent encounter. And, uh, yeah, but seriously, things just went from bad to incredibly worse for Shinichi. Like, things were kind of okay up to this point, though fairly messed up. But now, now he's lost his mother, his father's unknown status, his, his life is falling apart in front of him. And he has every reason to be furious with these parasites. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a rough ride from here out. Mm-hmm. Here's your Toonami Talkbacks. Allison writes in, lesson learned, parasites can pee their pants too. <laughs> I'm told in the manga that what happens is the parasite ends up in somebody's car and can't keep his facility so he pees his pants in the car and then is asked to be removed from the car. (laughs) It's just pretty funny. I'm kind of bummed that they didn't do that. So so many things we lost. (laughs) 
first first you lose the bowel control, then you lose everything else. <laughs> yeah. Josh Knighton writes in, Migi, if you want to watch humans mating, go on the internet again. You'll find many, 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 many examples. I'm taking it by that many, many, many you know. (laughs) Fabian writes in, Hi, Fabian. As soon as the first scene in the countryside happened, it was obvious what would happen in Parasite. Yeah, it kind of was. It's like, no, no, the country's going to be safe. Don't even worry about it. What if there's a parasite in the country? Ah. Murphy's Law. You know, me outright said it because Shinichi was accusing Migi of this being his fault. And Migi said, I didn't say it was going to be safe. I said that it is a low probability. Like, fine, split hairs. Migi just doesn't want to take responsibility. Uh, you know, it's it's something that is entirely, entirely bad luck, really. But you know, even so, I, I feel like Shinichi should have been maybe a bit more cautious about all of that. Should have just really stuck his foot down. I was like, Mom, Dad, it's it's too dangerous out there. Don't don't do it. But you know, they would have been possibly totally fine if not for that one parasite so I I know Laura Terminal writes in of all the things I could say I would guess right this is one time I wish I wasn't too bad you're right deal with the consequences Lemu Nathan writes in darn it nerdy Keanu Reeves the one time you choose to ignore Migi may have cost you your life probably not though you <laughs> called him nerdy Keanu Reeves. Party on, dude. <laughs> Mike Jin X89 says, After finding out his mom is infected by a parasite, can you really blame Shinichi for being in total denial? Well, I, I imagine it's terribly shocking, and he just couldn't cope with it at the moment, but, man, he right. really should have been prepared for that kind of thing to happen. Yeah, you really should have. Well, I don't think I don't think anybody could prepare get prepared for that kind of thing. Oh, well, true, know? but I he should have of all people should have been able to accept the fact that a parasite may have infected a loved one, and he he of all people should have been somewhat prepared to handle that circumstance, but. He falls into the old trope of, I can't hurt them. They look like somebody I love. <laughs> Better take a page out of High School of the Dead. Yeah. And we all... Oh. You, know what he, you know what he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, man. That was honestly a little surprising when I saw that the first time. I did not expect that to happen. Because <laughs> you... I'm going to just be downright honest with you, dude. I would have did the same damn thing, and I expect people to do the same for me. Jefferson Craig has two for us this time. First, a funny one. Something about a mother's love. It just gets you right there in your chest. (laughs) Yeah, it gets you impaled in the chest. Jesus. (laughs) And more seriously, just when you thought Intruder 2's cliffhanger was going to be the toughest thing to wait a week for. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, seriously. Darn it, Parasite, with these yes. 
I'm telling you, the the Parasite cliffhangers are worse than Attack on Titan. Yeah, they are, but no horses were harmed in um, Parasite. (laughs) Another solid episode of Parasite. Always an interesting mix of uh, psychological thriller and gritty violence. I know, blood and gore. Uh, To the dub's credit, I enjoy some of the trash talking that the thugs did. There you are, shithead. <laughs> like, that's not something you would commonly hear a thug say in, in Japan, but it certainly speaks to American viewers. No. You actually would hear that between a Yakuza, though. Yakuza actually, uh, like, when most of the time when they talk, man, they use that Kansai dialect, so... Yeah, you would actually hear that a whole lot. Yeah, these these guys are definitely think that they're pretty, pretty tough. Yeah, I would actually kind of group those guys in being more Busakan. We have uh, talked to plenty this episode, so I think we can get out of here. Yay! Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Sorry, I haven't talked through that whole thing, but I'm trying to get answers. No, it's good <laughs> that you're not talking. It works. Yeah, shut up. I'm trying to get answers about supers. Or shut up. <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you guys something off the podcast. All right. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and go down this rundown real quick. You can email our podcast at podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. We would love to hear your comments, uh, your questions, and also your suggestions. You can rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and SoundCloud. You can also like us on SoundCloud and comment on the episodes directly on SoundCloud. Our SoundCloud is soundcloud.com backslash Podcast. Our Facebook is facebook.com backslash Podcast. Our Twitter is at Podcast, And we have the Tumblr, tsunamifaithfulofficial.tumblr.com. You can also visit podcast.tunamifaithful.com for all the episodes of the podcast, as well as episodes of the Tsunami Show Rundown, and uh, something else I do sometimes, maybe. The Absolution Sessions, which may resurface soonish. I don't know. <laughs> I hope. I hope. <laughs> I, we, we probably should, because it'd be good to get more like open conversation about Intruder as it happens. So we'll, we'll see about that. And if you like what we do and want to support our website and podcast, you can go to patreon.com backslash Tsunami Faithful Podcast to be one of our Patreons. Please do. All right. So let's uh, get on out of here. Darrell, where can they find you? Oh, you can find me at uh, ukami underscore samurai7 at twitter.com. If you want to ask me something, you can do that at s.fm backslash ukami75. And if you want to send me any evil emails... You heartless mother um, You can do that at Darrell Maddox at TunamiFaithful.com. Jim, where can they find you? You can find me at ZeroAlucard27 on Twitter. You can find me on the PlayStation Network at Baystar underscore boy. And you can also find me on my Twitch channel and check out archive broadcasts at twitch.tv, twitch.tv slash ZeroAlucard27. I play something every week and... Um, Expect a stream of Fallout 4 uh, at some point because, well, it's new and I know you guys will probably want me to play it and take a look at it before you go and rush out to buy it on Black Friday. So I figure help uh, the hype machine there. And then um, 
the game I will play, the theme I'm going for for games this month on my stream is games I am thankful for. And one of the games I'm thankful for is uh, the Sega Genesis title I will play this Friday, Wizenlins. Uh, I promise you it is a very, very, very fun game. You guys will love it. So Fallout 4 sometime this week, maybe on Wednesday or Thursday. I haven't really decided yet because my schedule is kind of in flux like that. And then Wizenlins on Friday. Look forward to it, please. All right. And if you didn't realize it, Jim has been gone for the majority of this episode. Yes. <laughs> and Sketch, where can they find you? you can find me at Sketch1984 on Twitter. My Tumblr is Sketch1984.tumblr.com. You can ask me questions at ask.fm backslash Sketch1984. And you can send any comments or suggestions for the podcast to sketch at tsunamifaithful.com or podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. And Paul, where can they find you? Well, <laughs> no, shut up, Darrell. Get a new bit! <laughs> they can find... Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to because I want to put them in a dumpster. Hey. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, um, you can find me, not in a dumpster, on Twitter at Paul Pascrillo. You can find me on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Paul Pascrillo. And uh, you can ask me questions. It's ask.fm slash Paul Pascrillo. And uh, real quick, we put out something called Boarding Pass. A um, guy by the name of Patrick came to us with an idea. So we're trying to see if this is something that we should do or if this is something that we shouldn't do. We need your guys' feedback. Uh, you can watch the video up on YouTube.com slash channel. It's there. It's called boarding ep uh, Pilot Episode of Boarding Pass. Uh, we're probably going to do two more, and then we're going to let you guys vote and see what you guys want to do. And we'll go from there. But we want to see what, what it can be. And if it can be something, great. If not, then we'll move on from it. So, And that's what it, it's, it's all about. Toonami's about experimenting, so why can't we experiment? Fair enough. I really... I don't know. We want to expand our horizons, but we want to do so organically and in a way that makes sense. So uh, right. really what we're asking is uh, anybody who wants to chime in, just tell us the kind of things that you would like us to do with boarding pass and uh, YouTube videos in general, so that we have right. uh, kind of some idea what people are even looking for, because we cover a lot of material on the podcast. We don't want to be superfluous to that and the website. So we'd really like some feedback on this folks. All right. Well guys, that's it for this week's Tsunami Faithful Podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for listening each and every week. And please, if you've missed any episodes, you can listen to all of them at podcast.tsunamifaithful.com or as always, you can listen to them soundcloud.com slash tsunami faithful podcast. But that's it for this week. Peace. We're out. Deuces! The thought had just occurred to me, Paul. What if it's like a space dumpster like the one that Rita Repulsa was in? Hmm. After 10,000 years, I'm free! It's time to conquer Toonami <laughs> Fandom! <laughs> That's a great way to end the podcast. Make my monster grow! She said... Yeah, she made my monster grow. Oh. Good night, everybody! All right. <laughs>